2: It is hour two the game. The game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion, Berklin. Got a number one song for Trey. I think he's going to really like today. I'm sure he's already taking a peek at it.
3: But I picked it just for him because I knew he'd be here. Do you hate when, like, the producer looks at the song of the day? Do you How, how heated do you get? You don't care.
2: I mean, if I want to make a guessing game out of it at some point, I always suspect that they looked at it and mm. never typically go to them. But – Travion has always promised me no, he never looked, and he's never in those guessing games ever been correct. So.
3: He looked today. I saw him. I have not. He went because I saw him like he was he looked and he went.
2: I mean it's better if you keep it a surprise.
3: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Well, hour two of the show, uh, we'll talk all B12 football honors, just Run through the list, give the announcements, you'll be surprised on who once again was not a unanimous pick for a particular honor, which is a joke. I got a feeling, uh, you know, somebody that didn't play K-State. Uh. Ew. Maybe just didn't have a clue. Maybe it was one of those newcomers. They don't know. Like Cincinnati and BYU. Cincinnati and BYU. Listen, BYU is the last folks I expect to ever get with the times, so... <laughs> uh, They're a little behind on what's going on with K-State football. But last night was a close one, guys. Oh, boy. It was a close one. Interesting game. I could tell. uh, Final score last night against Oral Roberts, 88-78, but we were tied at 72 at the end of regulation. And I was watching the crowd, the students across from me from the scores table. When BYU was answering every shot from K State. And then they tied the game with a second and a half to go. And I saw a lot of surrender Cobra. Even when it got down to the final two possessions, they weren't making much noise. I'm like, guys, where's the doom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If this is the octagon of doom, this is the time to bring it. Forget about who the opponent is. You're trying to win a game. Let's make some noise. Let's go. And I think there was a little bit of shock on K State fans last night because it was a competitive game mm. because they see Ole Roberts. And if you're a casual fan, you know, they're not a power five, power six program. You think of them as a lesser team, a lesser program, a lesser university. So expect K-State to go win a game by 30 points. Like Mitch Palm projected crazy enough, did not take them seriously enough, but neither did anybody else. If you had paid attention to the last couple of years of basketball, college basketball, Ole Roberts has been really good. They were a 30-win team last year. Two years ago, they went to the Sweet 16. They were missing a number of pieces. My first takeaway from this game last night was Isaac McBride for Oral Roberts. Good. His line last night, he played every single second of that game. Jeez. He played all 45 minutes, 10 of 16 from the floor. He hit a 3, 4 or 5 from the free throw line, 25 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, Three turnovers in those 45 minutes, and he drew the most fouls on the team, which, by the way, K-State only had nine in the game, but he drew five of them. Wow. He is a former signee of the Kansas Jayhawks. He signed as a freshman with KU, but he actually left before the season began for whatever reason and then made his way to Oral Roberts. He was the best player on the floor last night. He was good. He was extremely good, and it wasn't just his offense taking off where he was scoring inside. He was a pest at the hoop. He was unguardable. Didn't matter who was on him, if there was a switch or it was Cam or Tyler staying on him, trying to play good defense. He would get to the hoop, and you have two big guys trying to swat the basketball. Everybody whiffs, and he scores these tough buckets. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of what K-State is right now trying to find the consistency, and it really it's consistency across the board. Mm-hmm. That hasn't quite been found yet, but Isaac McBride was consistency on both ends of the floor. And I was honestly really impressed by how good Ole Roberts was on defense. Mm-hmm. They have played a lot of close games. They're just two and three, and they beat a couple of bad teams, but they also really pushed Texas AM. But Texas AM was able to pull away after a really tough night of shooting the three. But they played their butts off defensively. That was a really tough game to try to get open, especially around the three-point line, and especially with Tyler Perry. But I want to give the flowers to Oral Roberts. They were not taken seriously by me, the K-State fans. I knew they would come in and shoot the three. I was expecting a lot of shots. As a matter of fact, they were well below their average. They shot 29 a game heading in, and they shot 21 last night. But when they go first half... Eight of ten from three. Mm. It le- I-, I thought that left us a little bit shell-shocked last night about how good they were shooting the three, and we weren't quite sure what we were seeing in that first half. They were so good from three, and, of course, adjustments had to be made, and then they started scoring from two. I know that's a game that people did not expect to go that way, um, but I will say it is November. I have plenty of optimism in this team, a lot more than Mason did in the first hour. <laughs> but I'll let you, get, you know, DG. You were there last night. Uh-huh. I'm sure that wasn't your expectation either that Oral Roberts
3: would play that well. No, I don't. I mean, you like you said, no one did. No one expected that. And I was shocked at how open their shots looked, and they were so. I mean, hand in the face at every three that we that K State took. It was. One of those deals where this team, they aren't cohesive and consistent enough to not take people seriously, especially a team like, um, like an Oral Roberts. Like this isn't the same team that won thirty games last year, but they do have some pieces back from that, and I think that's kind of what K State right now is lacking is like older leadership and guys who can show younger guys how how it's done, and right now. How it's done is getting closer and closer to Big Twelve time. You got to lock it in, and you got to you got to make sure every game you're ready to roll. And last night, K State was not ready for that. They weren't prepared for that mentally, and it showed. They were just a step slower, and just um, they needed to light that fire earlier.
1: One of the things that stands out to me right now, though, is that we're talking about an inconsistent schedule. You went from having the two games in three days with the tournament, followed up by having a midweek game last week, and then you had a week off. Mm. And while, yes, you get the practice time, right now, as much as anything that this team needs, at least in terms of assessing and finding that consistency, is game action. Because you're sitting here now, Looking at this, and you don't, you you go again on Saturday. You go again on Tuesday. That finally gets into a little bit of a rhythm again, to where it's going to be a lot like what your Big Twelve schedule gets to being. Uh, Tuesday night's going to be a heck of a game. In fact, Villanova's about to tip off. I think with St. Joe's uh, on on the tube tonight. If you want to go over and watch that and listen to us, but I think that part of last night's issue has to do just with that gap of week between after you had started to find a little bit of a rhythm with your tournament play down in the Bahamas. That said, the other aspect of this that stands out to me is that you, again, are melding a lot of parts together. Guys that did not play last year, guys that are new to this roster, I'm flummoxed as to the Slow start for Tyler Perry, first half, second half deal. Okay, um, he he says that's his thing. Okay, Uh, but it puts your team in a very uncomfortable position if they're counting on you for offense and you start slow. Because then you find yourself having to dig out of holes if you're not careful.
2: Well, I, to comment on Tyler Perry, I mean, if this is the worst we get out of Tyler Perry, I'm going to take it all day sure, because sure. he finished with 20 points last night, and he didn't take his first shot in the game until 3:14 left in the first half. He has had a slow start all season long in first half of games, and you're right, Trey or Troy. I pulled the clip from last night. Yeah. Here was the clip of him talking about this has been him his whole career. I wish I could answer. I've been doing it my whole life. Like go back and check. Like
0: it's always been like that. It's nothing you know I'm doing on purpose uh I think I just I go at my own pace and you know sometimes the first half may not be clicking for me um
1: and then some games it does but uh it's not anything that you know I feel like anybody else is doing I love getting my teammates involved and if Cam had it going super early and uh sometimes I just
2: need to get out the way when you got you know Cam and Arthur Kaluma out there hooping like they are and then you got somebody like Will on the inside eating so All right, I'll stop it there. You know, I've definitely just, by watching the way he plays, you see two different halves as well from Tyler Perry outside of just shooting the basketball. I mean, I noticed in the first half, TP had no shake and bake. He could not shake off a defender. There was no drive to the hoop. He was was passing up a few shots, was not interested at all in taking what was even close to being a contested three-pointer. And if you look at the numbers, I pulled all the numbers earlier today, first half versus second half. K-State's played seven games. The most points TP has scored in the first half so far this year is six. And that was in the first and third se- uh, games of the year. He has not scored in the first half of the last two. And then previous to that, he has scored a total of... Um, let me count this up for you. He has 25 points total in the first half this year for 3.5 points per first half. And he's not shooting it well either. He's 7 of 33 from the field. And just 16% from three, 4 of 24. The second half... It couldn't be more night and day because Tyler Perry then arrives in the second half and depending in the game, he actually kind of goes off mm. in a way. His season high in the second half was last night with 20 points. That also includes overtime. But, I mean, the first four games of the year, he scored 16, 15, 16, and 18 in the second half of games. By the way, his shooting is way better in the second half. He's shooting from the field 49%, and he is 46% from three in the second half in overtime, 19 for 41. I can't think of another player in in K-State's basketball history and recent history that has ever played like that, mm-hmm. that has been so cold in the first half, hot in the second half, and he's your leading scorer yes. at 18
1: yeah. points a game. Yeah, I almost wonder if... You approach it as trying to get him onto the floor earlier for warm-ups. Oh, look it, out, Coach Troyce here. here. Get we him go. in the gym a bit earlier to warm up. Let him get some time where he, it's just him taking shots. You know, I've known guys that they liked to be there maybe 45 minutes ahead of the rest of their teammates just to get shots in. Now, granted, that became an adventure on the road because you're operating on the other school schedule. But we're in the middle of a stretch here where that's a great opportunity for him to do it because we're playing home games. We're seeing him play home games. I wonder if that wouldn't be at least something that might help light that fire a little earlier for him. Mm -hmm. It's just a little thing, but yet, could it? Could it work? Possibly. Might be a big thing at the end of the day. Well,
2: K-State is good enough in the first half against teams like Oral Roberts, and you're not talking about the USC's and the Miamis. They're good enough to take care of business in the first half without TP. But I think we've seen them struggle without him playing well in first halves in games like the Miamis and the USC's, those two games in particular, where K-State doesn't get to 30 points in the first half. They're fine in these non-con buy games without him scoring in the first half. They're going to need him in the Villanova game. That is where he's gonna absolutely have to turn it on. But I will say, you know, Cam Carter, Arthur Kaluma the last couple of games, Cam Carter from almost, you know, the whole year so far. Has been a really good first half player. You know, Arthur, I think, is really coming into his own. He's really getting comfortable. He has had some fantastic lines the last three games. That kid, Mm -hmm. he's good. His first game out, you know, the first couple of games out was a bit quiet. I remember that first game in in Bramlage, he was very quiet. He's much better now. Mm -hmm. He has found a comfort zone in this offense. He wants to go get buckets. Cam Carter is right now, to me, the leader of this team. He's a returner, first of all. But now he is—he just had his first career double double. He's scoring big time as well. He just want—he definitely wants to see his three point shooting percentage get a little bit better, and so does you know basically K State as a team. Sure, wants to you see your three point percentage get uh, get better. Um, but TP has to first half that that does need a change. When you get to Big Twelve play, when you start playing the the Villanovas, and you know when you're going to be consistently playing some tough teams, and it's been a tough schedule so far for K State. This has been one of the tougher schedules overall when it comes to non-con for a power five team it's been one of the toughest and k-state's five and two out of it uh it could be way worse i'm very optimistic about this team i really do because it's november mm-hmm. it's better these struggles in november than in march mm-hmm. or february you know when you're trying to compete for championships
1: one of the things when you're around a team like even an oral roberts or uh you know, a, a, a lower level, a mid-major to lower level, you understand that the months November and December, you're going to be either very average or you're going to have a, a very awful record until you get into your conference because you're playing the power fives and the groups of fives type. And you're playing your money games thrown in with the occasional home game against a northern New Mexico. <laughs> and, you know, it... It's a different view when you're sitting here as K-State at 5-2 and two with what has been a very solid schedule. And, yeah, we can sit here and we can pick at little things, but, yeah, 5-2 and two right now, that's where you want to be. You're, you're in solid shape right now, just that you've got these things that are concerns before you get to the conference slate.
2: And also another shout to to Cam Carter. You know, his defense in overtime was a game-changer. It, not only was Tyler Perry he got to the line I think five times and and hit all of his free throws uh he also had that and one on the three pointer that went in you know okay so the interregulation is one thing in overtime cam Carter was a lockdown defender mm-hmm. and he had Isaac McBride without that defense you have a potentially a much different story um in, in that overtime along with Tyler Perry also playing very well uh, playing very well in in those extra five minutes. My only real, like, something I was extremely frustrated about last night was the last two possessions of regulation, Mm -hmm. where K-State, I'm pretty sure, didn't do what they were supposed to do. You have Tyler Perry not passing, and it ends up being a uh, very contested, low-percentage shot that doesn't go in, and then here comes Oral Roberts. K-State, by the way, fouling. They had fouls to give, and they did exactly what they were supposed to do, run down the clock and then five seconds left, probably should have fouled again, and David Gasson did not do what he was supposed to do. And I understand the frustration from Coach. That was very frustrating to watch because that also made look that made TP look bad because he gave up defending on the play because he was waiting for David to pick up the foul, and then – or Robert should be inbounding with like two seconds to go, and then it's a wide-open dunk. That, that was extremely frustrating. That's a game case they should have won in regulation. Mm-hmm. So I understand frustrations after that one. But they did come out with a victory, and we've already seen this happen many times early in this basketball season where there are power fives losing, or power sixes mm-hmm. losing these by games. For sure, yeah. And KU last night struggled with Eastern Illinois, who is one of the worst offensive teams in the nation. Mm. They are much worse than Oral Roberts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that game came down to the final four minutes.
3: It can happen.
2: Eastern Illinois was within a point with five minutes to go. That's how much KU was challenged. I'm just saying, it could happen
1: to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's brutality, as John Rothstein puts it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. All right, let's take a timeout.
1: By the way, the Cats back
2: in action at 1 o'clock on Saturday. They host North Alabama. K-State women will be against Jackson State. A one loss, a very good Jackson State team on Friday night. Let's take a break. When we come back, all the cats that received all Big 12 honors, the list out, we'll tip our cap to these cats when we come back on the game. Back on the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Travion Berkland. Well, deep since you went to the game last night, I need some feedback. What was your favorite announcement of the night?
3: Oh, you know, to be honest, like, can I be, like... Arthur Galuma? Can I be honest with you? Yeah, I go ahead. I thought you struggled last night, man. You were... Oh boy! Um, We were like, people were like, "Do you know him?" And I was like,
1: "No." You're 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 honestly saying this to the guy who got you a VIP parking pass.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Don't bet. I sucked my neck out for you, you, boy.
1: (laughs) I felt like it just burned some bridges. Yeah, Uh I know.
3: I just Uh no. You were on point as usual. The PA Mm. sounded amazing. Let me tell you, I cannot figure out.
2: So Day Day Ames is right now the tricky name. It's like I, I'm not in a comfort zone with that one yet. I, I kind of went high with the pitch, and I try to bring it down. I'm like, yeah. I figure all the names out. The announcement, I try to do it a little bit different for everybody, but there's not enough syllables on this team. <laughs> Arthur Kaluma is right now a perfect name for perfect. You, I can play with it. I can drag it out. It's got a U in the middle. It's meant to be stretched out. That's why I said on Twitter yesterday after Kellis gave me. Kellis Robinette gave me a shout out. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, Cam Carter, Tyler Perry, like, there's not enough syllables for me to really play with, you know. So
3: you should do yourself a favor, and um, Bruce Buffer, he does the UFC stuff. It's like, like watch him, and that's where you go, Cam Carter. Just, I mean, just lengthen it out, you know, and get really like aggressive with it. If, if you're right. having trouble with day-day aims, just go hardcore. Dang. I don't know if I have that. Aime, just scream it. Hmm. <laughs> Start screaming. Start screaming. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, don't do that. No, I was really impressed. A lot of students there last night. Yes. A lot of students there. And you're right, they weren't really into it, but I did feel like the the overtime, especially the last two possessions, man, that place got loud. Um, it startled my oldest. She was like, oh, dad. And I, was like, Duh. and I was like, it's okay. Go cats. We can yell. It's Now is an appropriate time to scream at the top of your lungs instead of like in the middle of Walmart. And so she was like, yeah, yeah. And I felt like it affected the last two possessions o- uh, ORU had. I really did. I think they were a little startled like Sophia.
2: Hey, shout out to Sophia. Uh, <laughs> screaming while... Uh- Oh, Roberts was on offense. She was a part of the win. She
3: was. Yeah. So, and you know what? It's better than football because sometimes she'll start screaming when we're on offense. They're like, come on, man. What are you doing, dude? We're on offense. Pipe down, pal. What do you, know, a Roberts what, what fan? Are you, what are you, crazy? We get, like, you know, we got the ball. We're like, hey, man, Will's trying to audible out of this. Shut up. <laughs> but she is cool. And yeah, once again, thanks so much. Uh, you were great. The PA sounded nah. crisp. Nah. Sounded great. I mean, I don't think there's a better guy in the business.
2: Well, I am everybody's favorite
3: PA announcer. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Best of the Big Twelve. That's what I wanted to tell you. You're no, all Big Twelve pal. Speaking
2: of All Big Twelve, <laughs> there has there is not
3: a PA
2: announcer award. I don't Whoa. think there are any PA announcer awards. Like, I'm not a I'm like KEBs. I I I never submit anything. Oh, I should, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. I'm just not an awards guy. Um,
3: Dude, I'm going to start. the. It's the Mitch Fortner PA award for all Big 12 PA. I'm going to start if, that. If
2: there was a public address announcers award, I would absolutely go for it. Just you, you, to see win. if I could win.
3: You would absolutely win. Plus,
2: it's like the only award out there that I could actually like go for that has to do with college athletics and would be a national thing.
3: Oh, my God. Dude, I'm going to start the petition. Because I'll tell you this right now, I'll put my boy up against anybody. Earlier
2: today, the Big 12 announced the All-Big 12 Football Awards. Hmm. Uh, I went back and looked at my preseason list and see who I voted for. You know what? I didn't do too bad. I got six right on each side of the ball. Nice. I correctly predicted the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year in Adnai Mitchell kay. for Texas. Got All that right. one on the money. I'm um, not proud of it, but <laughs> I would have rather that be like Trey Sean Ward. But things happen. He was actually – I think he was projected to be the offensive newcomer of the year um, in the Big 12. But we'll start with the of the year awards. Offensive player of the year goes to Ollie Gordon of Oklahoma State. Not surprised – uh, Tavondre Sweat, defensive lineman, who is actually up for the Outland Trophy, as is Cooper Beebe. They're mm-hmm. both finalists with an offensive lineman from Notre Dame. First time ever, K-State's had a finalist for the Outland Award, which goes to the best interior lineman in the country. It's not on just one particular side. It counts for both sides of the football mm-hmm. interior lineman.
3: Oh, wow. And he's on the short, the short, short, the list. Yeah. The list. As in the oh, fi- oh. like the
2: show that's on ESPN – I I mean, I think he should be there to accept the award, you know?
3: That's awesome. Wherever
2: they have it, I don't know if it's New York City or whatever. Congratulations. Uh, Let's see here. Adonai Mitchell, Offensive Newcomer of the Year. Defensive is Austin Booker of Kansas. He's a defensive lineman. Freshman Offensive of the Year is Rocco Becht of Iowa State. Defensive Freshman of the Year is actually a tie between Anthony Hill of Texas and Ben Roberts of Texas Tech, um, who was uh, one of the guys responsible for hurting Jason Bean. Special teams player of the year goes Austin McNamara of Tech. That was not a surprise. Defensive line of the year is Byron Murphy of Texas. I mean, we're not going to go Devondre Sweat. I guess if you win just of the year, you don't get the, the position of the year as well. Right. Um, and then the, uh, the, the coach of the year was Mike Gundy. This was a little bit controversy there, yeah. about Gundy because I think a lot of people felt Neil Brown should get the award. And no, but I, listen – Neil Brown, West Virginia, had been trashed, right? Um, and all of a sudden, he has an eight and four year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And West Virginia was like picked at the bottom of the barrel. I was also considering Matt Campbell. I think the Texas, if he would have, if, if Iowa State won the Texas game and won the K State game, I think Matt Campbell
1: for sure could
2: potentially be
1: your coach of the year in the Big Twelve. Uh, Stuart Mandel felt that it should be uh, Steve Sarkeesian. At eleven and one, they were picked to win the big twelve mm-hmm.
2: and right. they're, they're, they're where they're supposed to be. I've always considered it an award like it it's like a um it's also like a most improved award type of thing it, it feels like it typically is or was just maybe somebody not of a brand university and is competing for a conference championship type of thing. Steve Sarkeesian can take a hike <laughs> my gundy wins the award, you know. I understand the argument that, like, okay, Mike Gundy's team is always supposed to be good. They aren't. I don't think they're actually supposed to be good this year. No, I don't think
3: so either. And
2: they managed to have the best offensive player in the Big 12, who I thought for a while there should be considered for a Heisman, mm-hmm. at least in the conversation now at the end of the day, it's going to go to a quarterback. Uh, no shocker about that this year. But Ollie Gordon was really good this year. Mm-hmm. And he was. Alan Bowman was all right, not too bad. But they definitely overachieved. That was an overachieve season for uh, Mike Gundy. All right, now for the Cats. Offensive lineman of the year, Cooper Beebe. There's some idiot out there that decided not to vote Cooper Beebe. I'm not talking offensive lineman of the year because he's also first team all Big 12. Identify the balance. Identify the balance. Come on. For, I, and I believe this is for the second straight year. Yes, it is. Cooper Beebe is not a unanimous selection for first-team All-Big 12. Now, there's only a couple of players that did get unanimous selection. Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback, and Ollie Gordon at running back. Guys, there's no secret that not only is Cooper Beebe the best interior offensive lineman in the Big 12, he's the best one in the country. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And hopefully the Outland people will make the right decision and give him and award him with well, the Outland Trophy and forget about Tavon J. Sweat. That's a big dude. He's good and all. Whatever. He's got stats on his side. He's not as dominant as Cooper Beebe.
3: Let's have the. I mean, the real thing we need is that person to step forward. Who is it? Step forward and show your stupid face.
2: Well, I'm still waiting to hear who the uh, one person that voted for Oklahoma State to win the conference. (laughs) There was one vote, and they were picked to finish ninth or something. And they got one first place vote.
1: You figured someone would be playing that up. It was me. Yeah, nobody has said anything. Check this out. It wasn't me. Pin the tweet on X. Troy, did you vote? No, I did not. I don't know. Who you know
3: it was. what? I'll tell you about Neil Brown. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what this. Is. You ever heard of the contract year phenomenon? <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this is Melky Cabrera.
2: Well, he should have been. He should have been let go last year. Yes, but there exactly. Was a, but now seat. he
3: knows when they're like, "Give you one more year, Neil." He's got to put it together, man. He's he overplayed, man. The next year is gonna go back to stinking. <laughs> all
2: right. So here's your other cats. Uh, all Big Twelve honors. Uh, you had Ben Senate. First team fullback. Listen, if if they would have listed him as a tight end, K State did. He, I think, he wins the tight end award. For sure. he, he was better than Jared Wiley for sure, in my opinion. All right, that's first team awards. Second team goes to quarterback Will Howard. Oh, second team honors. Now, I know I called a couple of folks idiots here for a little bit ago. <laughs> that's behind us now, right? Yeah, yeah. The Big Twelve coaches were cool enough to notice. The special year for Will Howard. Even though it didn't work out wins and losses the way K State wanted it to, you know, I, I think a couple of things do come into play. First of all, Jalen Daniels um, basically 86 himself from the lineup mm-hmm. uh, ever since the Texas game. Quinn Ewers did not play a full year, but gosh dang it, Will Howard did put up some nice numbers. He's the career leader in touchdown passes at K State. Second team, all Big 12. Is a, that's a huge. Huge get for Will That's Howard. a
3: big deal. It is. Good for him.
2: You have, uh, on the defensive side, three cats. Khalid Duke, I believe finished with seven sacks on the year. Um, Austin Moore, no doubt about it, in my opinion, is he second team. Um, and then Kobe Savage, defensive mm-hmm. back for K-State. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, Very good. Second team honors. And then honorable mention gets real interesting. Jack Bloomer, punter. <laughs> Phillip Brooks is a wide receiver, kick returner, and punt returner. Uh, Khalid Duke for defensive lineman of the year. DJ Giddens, Hayden Gillum, Will Howard for offensive player of the year. Wow. Was honorable mention. How about that? Um, Avery Johnson for offensive freshman of the year. Honorable mention. Who did, is this somebody listed here? That, did I say that earlier? Who won that? Rocco Becht. Rocco Becht. Listen, Pat, you did okay. Say that. Big 12 coaches. Come on. We got, we got a problem again. Rocco Becht is not better than Avery Johnson. Clip it. Keep it. Clip it. There will never be a game moving forward where Rocco Becht outplays Avery Johnson.
3: I, it's, it's tough to say, though, after this past Saturday. It's, it's hard to say that.
2: Listen, snow game. It Man. wasn't under normal conditions.
1: Hunter Deckers asks bet. <laughs> Rocco Beck is Hunter, better. He probably put a lot. He was like, I bet you. Rocco Beck is better than Hunter Deckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it, but not
2: better than uh, Avery Johnson. Uh, it had he to went
1: be to said. DraftKings it it had to be said. All right, it where had else?
2: To be said. Uh, let's see. Let's keep giving these cats some shout outs. Uh, Will Lee, no longer a cat, now uh, appears to be defensive back. KT Leviston, Austin Moore as defensive player of the year. Honorable mention. Wow. Um, and again, this doesn't I mean they got a bunch of votes. One vote gets you uh, honorable mention. Um, Brendan Mott, Jacob Parrish, Seth Porter as Special Teams Player of the Year, which is sweet. That's cool. That had to be uh, Dana Holgerson. Um <laughs> Desmond Purnell, linebacker. I was hoping he'd get better than Honorable Mention. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was better than Honorable Mention this yeah, year. He, he, he deserves try. better status than that. He had a, himself a hell of a year. Yeah. Um, okay. Austin Romaine as Defensive Freshman of the Year. Uso Samalu, uh, Marquis Siegel, Chris Tennant, Sean Ward, and Carver Willis. A lot of cats in there wow. getting some postseason honors. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, how about the number one song of the day, Just for Trey? That's up next.
3: Three, two, one. Hey, man, it's K Man. It's 1350, if you, you don't didn't say. Know. 93.3 and 93.7 on your FM. Hey, so, man. Here's the deal Would you rather, Wednesday? Would you rather have hiccups for the rest of your life or always feel like you have the to other sneeze? One. <laughs>
2: um, boy, that's a tough one
3: Dude, because every time I get hiccups I go, oh, did you hear about that one guy he had him for the, his whole life And I always think, I would just move away I would just move to a cave and live there forever I, You
1: know, I love a good sneeze I'm Alex Rodriguez And I'm Jason Kelly From Bloomberg, this is The Deal Each week, you will hear us in conversation With business icons This show will explore deal making Across sports, media, and entertainment
3: Yeah, yeah. I really do. If but I you wouldn't get it though, you would always you'd be like uh 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 all day.
2: I'ma take the hiccups. I'm gonna take the hiccups. And hopefully I become really good at gaming so I could start Twitch, like a Twitch stream and start making money. Have you seen
3: the guy who plays games like hiccups? Cause
1: Yeah, Twitch Either up
3: shaking the whole- Twitch up. That'd be your name.
1: <laughs> what about you? Are you going hicks or Are you I, going? I I would have to go hiccups, but no. What a ugly decision.
3: Man, I just I get scared to death every time I get hiccups. I go there it is, and we get them. The rest of my life. Yeah, Travion, do you care about hiccups or sneezes?
1: Probably the sneezes. I prefer.
3: Always oh, like that your whole life. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Uh, guy, this or hiccups?
1: Sneezing. He Sorry. said.
3: Like you said, I like a good sneeze. I like that release. At
2: least I get a break.
3: You know, hiccups <laughs> right. aren't
2: constant. You just—it's right. every twenty seconds.
3: But do you get frustrated when you hiccups get hiccups too? They, dude, they, they suck. Just terrible. I haven't
2: had them really at all in my adult life.
3: Now you get them tonight.
2: I had I had a math teacher that always had the the the, uh, the cure for hiccups. And the paddle? No. <laughs> Play number one was trying to scare you. Uh-huh. Play number two was bending over and holding your breath. And if you did not get rid of them after those two, you're out of the classroom. Dang, dude. Old this is me.
3: Brown sugar. I just to punch somebody directly in their chest. <laughs> if you have hiccups, you punch somebody else, they'll go away.
2: Hey, no show tomorrow. We got high school hoops tomorrow. Maybe we're on Friday. Whoa. You'll have to tune in and see. For Trey, Dee, Troy, and Mitch, go Cats.